0: I'm standing here in a to bishop, the bishop in Cebu, who is episcopal bishop, and we will serve the Mass today, same with our time, in the Church of Holy Family Cebu. So as we continue our worship this morning, we are in the table of the Lord, in the table of the Word, and then in the Eucharist, we're in the table of the Lord. We are now on the second Sunday of the Lent. Lent is part of the liturgical season, where a time where we focus to God. Not to say that we don't focus in other years, in other time, but really this season is being contemplated to focus unto God and to have what we call the recollection, self-examination where we are, so that with true repentance we once again gain our bearing. And uh, to say again, our bearing is that sometimes we don't know already that we're already in the sideways or or we are already I would say astray see Sometimes you cannot uh, recognize it You cannot recognize it that we're already astray We thought that still everything's okay. We we, we thought that everything is just as the same but no Because little by little, sometimes you're really going astray away from the ways of God. How I could say that? As a seaman before, we have, you know, we call, um, we base our course, the course is like 180 degrees. But that is the course, 180 degrees. But because of the current, because of the wave. Sometimes, even the compass is 180 degrees but the ship is really leaning one degree or one degree to the left or one degree to the right. That's why I always check that. We call it deviation. Sometimes, when you check it within 24 hours, we are already deviated about two degrees. But as you see, the compass is 180. In your eye, you can see are still in the straight line. Yes. But in the reality, we are now deviating. That's why time to time we have to check our, what we call our true course, if we are 180 degrees or we're now already about 178 degrees. So what I'm to say is that sometimes we can recognize that we are already in a leeway of one degree per day, one degree per day. And within one month or one year, we know really that we are away from God, from His ways. That's why there is Lenten season to check where we are. We are still in the right course, in the right way, or we are now deviating even one degree. Very subtle. The enemy the enemy could make us very subtle, very subtle. Good, make us deviate a little, by little, by little. Not knowing, not recognizing that we are already deviating from God. And from this ways. That's why there's a Lenten season where we could check ourselves, where we could see where we are going. You could see, like, you know, a monthly checkup. If you could say that in your, or in your health, or in your uh, yearly checkup, so you could see what's wrong. Because sometimes you only know that there's something wrong in your body. When, there's really, when you feel something bad in your body. That's sometimes you only know that there's something wrong. Or, we could see, you know in our life there's something wrong where something's happened. And say, oh, there's something wrong because of the experience. But, uh, uh, a checkup once a year maybe in our body or health could know that uh, maybe our cholesterol is uh, going higher or our blood sugar so it could help us to prevent to know already that take action what to do not to wait till something happened and say this oh there's something wrong so Lenten season is a way of God that we could examine ourselves and with honest uh, uh, check up of ourselves where we are before God and ask Him for His grace and His mercy and repentance to repentance, but once again go back and amend our ways. So, Lenten season is something that would help us to continue in the way with the Lord wants us to go and to go back to Him. If you could see, our caller says, oh god whose glory is always to have mercy thank god for his mercy be gracious to all who have gone astray by your ways and bring them again with penitent hearts and set their faith embrace and hold fast the untenable truth of your word and that's what we are doing today we are in the lenten season of recollection and examining ourselves where we are to repentance and confession to god that once again Admitting that we've gone astray and going back to God with penitence and repentance heart. And because what does the Lord want us to do? That we conform to the image of the Son. That's why every year, not only every year, but time to time we have to check ourselves so that we could once again see where we are and amend our ways. Because when you change the of so blend also is change is sometimes it is um, you say scary because you always are used to what we are we don't want to change because we're used to be what you just use we're used to be just yes. okay we want to change because we are already comfortable where we are but the christian life is always a life of changing growing in the Lord. You don't stay. You become stagnant. But continue to grow and be fruitful and useful in the kingdom of God. And that's also a purpose of land To take we and change and continue to grow in the Lord. So today, in our uh, Gospel reading, in relation to our theme, love obedience to God. One thing I would say today is to check or of our recollection, express ourselves about our obedience to God. Some bilog sigo nga, to talk about or want to check ourselves that amos tara obedience sa kinyo? Our obedience, atong pagsunod, our um, Submission to his ways. So, maybe this is the, this is the time to check, are we really obeying God? Or, we obey the things that we like? Those things we don't like, we don't obey? Or we just obey what we want? Or what we like? So, a simple question we ask ourselves. I really obeying God wholeheartedly. So, this week, this Sunday, we will confront our obedience to God as something that we have to reflect our obedience to God. Because always connected, who is truly the Lord of our life. The second Sunday, we're talking about obedience. But most to the higher or a wider perspective of lordship, who is the really lord of our life? Because who is the lord of our life that's going to give our allegiance and our obedience? He so talks about lordship. He said, "Just go, just go. Atong just go. But really. Is it God? In our gospel reading today, it talks about John chapter 3 from verse 1 to 17. And I would say this is a battle cry of every born-again believers. You must be born again. This is where the scripture could see and find the scripture you must be born again. And it is true. It talks about our salvation, but in relation to our theme of obedience, it's not talking only about our obedience to God. It's talking about our salvation, but our obedience to God. If you divide it into two, talking of our salvation, you say you have to make Him Lord and our Savior. So, first part of this. Chapter 3 is talk about being the Lord, Jesus, our Savior. He's saved from our sin. And the second part of this is being Lord. So we're very familiar to that, and that's what we're going to base it because we're familiar to this kind of saying and teaching about making Lord and Savior of your life. Confess Jesus. As Lord and Savior, and you shall be saved. And that's true. And there's no the problem being Jesus, our Savior. We believe in Him. We believe in Him. And we trust in Him to save us from our sins, to save us from the wrath of God, and to have assurance of eternal life. To be in heaven. We are going to heaven. We are heavenly bound. But the other side of the coin is that he is also our Lord, our King. And that's where the problem is. That's where our predicament is, to make him Lord. It's easy to make him a savior, but it's hard for us. And I said it is true, to make him Lord, because ourselves will always insist to be the Lord. You know it, and I know it. Ourselves, we always insist that He will be the Lord. He will want to be followed. Our own ways, our own thinking, what we want to do. And that is a predicament. To obey or not to obey. Or. To be or not to be. That's the experience word. To be or not to be. Question, to obey or not to obey God. That is our everyday predicament. Every day. Every time we make a decision in our life, in our business, in our relationship, in other things. We're always confronted with this. To obey or not to obey. It means to put into practice the word of God or not to obey God's way in what uh, to make those decisions or not. That is our everyday predicament and here it talks John 3, 1 to 17, it talks first of our salvation This begins here from verse 1. It talks it talks about Nicodemus asking the way to have an eternal life. And here Jesus first said to him, There's a man named, what is Nicodemus, one of the rulers of the Jews. The man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher, came from God. No one can do the signs that you do unless God is with you. And Jesus answered him, What shall I say to you? Unless you're born again, you can see the kingdom of God. Born again, or born from above or else many many ways say you have a new birth in christ or let christ reign in your heart see you say not only born again have new life in christ a new birth to be christ-like but then succeeding that you can you cannot see the kingdom of god so not only being saved here, Jesus talking to Nicodemus, being or giving salvation, but it was about the kingdom of God. When you talk about the kingdom of God, there's always a king. So the kingdom here is not only about uh kingdom we say about location, we say location, we say location, like I'm going to England, where the kingdom of Queen Elizabeth am going to heaven where the kingdom of God is that is called an, a, a meaning of, of kingdom in location but let's talk about the location as in kingdom but kingdom means about lordship lordship it means that there's a king and we have to obey the ways the statutes, and the principle of the king so it's not talking only about being saved being born again, new life in Christ, or going to heaven, but so talking of our full submission to Christ. We'll talk that later. But he, here, talk the first part is being saved unto God, being saved in our sins. And here it says, unless one, surely I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, cannot enter the kingdom of god first say uh, you cannot see the kingdom of god you have to hear and know but not only knowing and seeing what is the kingdom of god is but enter means to experience it so seeing and hearing the kingdom is different from experiencing the kingdom to enter the kingdom and how is it that is one of the world, flesh is flesh and is is born of the spirit, is spirit, do not marvel I to you, you must be born again. It talks about here, when it comes to uh, a teaching to this, lot of uh, interpretation, you say, who is born of the flesh, is flesh, and is born of spirit, is spirit. The evangelicals, it talks about new birth also, but it talks about the fleecy birth, and the spiritual birth. He said, Fresh or physical birth, born of water. Because in the womb of a woman, there's always water. That's what the said, that is born physically. And he said, unless, And that is born, the spirit is spirit. That is the now what you call that we are born again experience. So we are born physically, and we are born spiritually. So in this context, Evangelical law says that you are born physically by your mother, but you are born spiritually by faith in Jesus Christ. Now to the sacramental people, they talk about baptism. The water here represents baptism. And the Spirit is the Holy Spirit. And it all, all condones having a new birth in Christ. So whether Evangelical or Sacramental, the message is one that through Christ, through faith in Christ, we have salvation. Maybe through confession, that is the evangelical way, or or in, in, in baptism, submersion, or like us sprinkling in the head that font, wherever it may be. Through submersion or through sprinkling, same baptism that happened. And above all, what thing that happened is that we got born again. We have new life in Christ. We are now new creation in Christ. And that's what Jesus is telling here to Nicodemus: that you must be born again. You must have experienced new birth. And new birth comes in our faith in Christ Jesus. As Ephesians would say that we have been our salvation for the grace had been saved through faith and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should hope. So the first part here is that we have salvation through Christ Jesus. He became our Savior as we believed in him and faith in him what he done in the cross for us so we have now salvation we are saved from our sins our sins have been forgiven our sins have been wiped out we are clean before God we are righteous before God because of what the Lord has done in the cross and we obtain it by our faith by believing in Jesus Christ So, Jesus become now our Savior. And God is working in our hearts. Although we have a new heart, we are a new creation to God. We are now righteous before God. And that's the idea, and that's the truth. And that's what the Lord, uh, how the Lord will see us as righteous. But But as of now, we know that we do unrighteous things. We do some bad things still. That's why we are working it out with the grace and the mercy of God so that we could do righteous things. Righteous acts is just a byproduct of our salvation. We are not saved by our righteous acts. We are saved by faith in Christ. Our righteous action, our good deeds, is just a byproduct of our salvation to God and being our Savior. Now, from verse 11 to 14, he's now, now encouraging Nicodemus to believe in Jesus. Because Nicodemus is a Pharisee, a good Pharisee, not all Pharisees are bad, He's a Pharisee, a good Pharisee, teacher of the law, and encourage him to trust in Jesus. So now as he explained how to be saved or to receive salvation from God and how to be part of the kingdom by faith in Christ Jesus, The second part of this verse is now encouraging to believe in Jesus, not only as a Savior, but as Lord. We talk now about our obedience. Here, faith, first part is faith of our salvation. So there is no question to that. We are all saved because we believe in Jesus Christ, which we have done in the cross. So we have assurance of eternal life. We have assurance that God is with us. We have a new heart, new creation. Now the second part of it is to believe God is the Lord because we are going to obey Him. So believing that we are saved, believing that we have eternal life is different from obeying Him. Because we could confess that He is Lord, our Savior, that we need to be saved. We have eternal life. But so also the same and we cannot obey Him. So the Lord wants us to believe Him that He is our Savior, that we have eternal life. And God wants us to believe in Him that His ways, His principles are true, so that we can obey Him. And that's what the Lord is talking about today. He's not talking now of our salvation, although we have read about salvation. In connection to our thing, the Lord always asking you about obedience. Where we are now, after obedience. That's what the Lord is asking us today. Where we are now in our obedience to God. And here, verse, from verse 11, then Jesus answered and said to him. Are you the teacher of Israel? Do you know these things? A Being a Pharisee? Being a children of the Lord? Moses said, we you, speak what we know and testify we have seen and you do not receive a witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe I tell you heavenly things? So here he's talking to Nicodemus, because the Jew hardly would believe that Jesus is the Messiah the bishop says about that uh, when you show about those uh, uh, videos and uh, those pictures in israel still the jewish people cannot believe or cannot accept that jesus is the same messiah they're still waiting for their messiah so here nicodemus being a pharisee a jew jesus is sorting to believe in jesus to believe in, in the witness And the teaching that we are saying to you. No one ascends to heaven, but you come from down from heaven. But he is the son of man who is in heaven. He is telling Nicodemus that Jesus is the son of man, the son of God, the sent Messiah. You must believe on him. So this is now the exhortation of Jesus. He has already shared to you about how to be saved, what the Lord has done to us, The true faith to have salvation. And on this part, verse 14 As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up.
1: That whoever believes
0: in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 14, that's really to build our sharing this morning of our reading. Here Jesus talked about the Old Testament uh, situation before, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even so, must the Son of Man be lifted up. The story in verse fourteen, as Moses lifted up the serpent, he talked about that in, uh, in Numbers twenty-one. It he talks here to so get an idea what happened in, in Numbers. Number, chapter 21, verse 4, about the serpent. Because of the story, the story of salvation, and the story of grace. When they joined, Numbers chapter 21, verse 4, the 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 uh, where the scripture, verse 14, When they joined from Mount 4 by the way the Red Sea, to go around the land of Edom, the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God, against Moses. Why have we brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no food, no water, and our soul lost this oneness breath. So they are on the journey. In the middle journey, this Jewish people saying complain to Moses. Moses, why have got us out of Egypt in this wilderness? We are dying here. There is no food, no water. And many people are dying. And they are looking for bread. You say that uh, what we experienced in Egypt, we are not experiencing here. So they're now complaining to Moses of their journey. No food, no water. They're complaining to Moses. And you know, when you complain to Moses, you're indirectly complaining to God. Because it is God opening out of Egypt. And so the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they beat the people and many of the people of israel died so they once again they arose the anger of god and the lord sent serpents fiery serpents poisonous serpents maybe cobra or or uh or black mamba whatever things that beat them, and, and people died because of disobedience so there's a snake sent by, by God to beat them and let them die. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned and have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that they take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. So when they are dying, with the serpents and the captain was Moses, we have sinned against God. Pray to God that the serpents will go away. And those are beat him be healed. So Moses prayed for the people. Moses interceded for them. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall be. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a, a pole. And so it was if a serpent had beaten anyone. When he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. So the Lord commanded Moses make a bronze serpent, put it in a bamboo or in a pool, and raise it up. And whoever looks at that bronze serpent will live or will be healed. Now, would you see some medical? You see some medical signs that there's a snake did you see that some some medical sign board that there's a snake that's what they get because when they're bitten by snake they die but when jesus said make it a pool make it a bronze snake and put it in a pool and raise it up whoever looks at that bronze snake will live or be healed and how is that to us? Who has been lifted up in the poor? It is Jesus raised up in the cross. That whoever looked at with faith will live and be healed. So, what I want to say here is that in the wilderness, Jewish people disobey God. They disobey the Lord. They go against God. They don't obey God. They they murmur. They, you know, and that's in the heart. And God was angered by that. And Moses prayed for them. And God made a way that through the bronze serpent, serpent, we look at that, will be we'll be, be healed. So in our time, Jesus is the one who Put in the Paul in the cross, where we look with faith in Jesus. What now you could see here in the Old Testament that the people disobeyed God. So their sin and our sin is just the same. We disobey God. And He is to look unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. So you look unto Jesus with faith. And you believe in jesus the other thing that the sinners that is to obey our god you cannot say you believe in god and jesus and you don't obey so now in this morning our topic today the lord is confronting our obedience where well, we are now in our obedience to god because making him lord by faith and savior not only a savior of our sin but our Lord that's why the issue here is the issue of Lordship who is it, the Lord of our life? because whoever the Lord does begin to obey and I tell you there are times that Jesus the Lord you obey him there are times that we obey ourselves no? will be so we we, we make still ourselves the Lord. So in our obedience, the Lord says, we begin to obey in our decisions, in our in our, in our plans, we we'll to obey. And that's why it, it is God is doing the way now. Like Moses to intercede for us. Jesus interceding for us. And He brings such time to change and to repent. We will not wait until we die. Because that time, there's no more time to repent. You see, when I was called, every time there is someone dying. So of course, if still could uh, at least could hear or confess there's always what you call confession in a person who is dying believing that in the last minute at least he could depend on it. but there are times that people cannot really speak they're in their dying moment. Even before the last breath. They could no longer speak. Their eyes were sometimes closed. I don't know if they hear me or not. But believing that they hear me. And what you call, we have the rights of giving, uh, uh, what you call, uh, we pray for them. That's healing. If we can make communion, it's far more better. But I don't know. That's why I always trust God. Except to you, Lord, if you hear me or not. I don't know. I don't know before, maybe uh, in, their, in their dying moments, I've said, Lord, forgive me. I don't know. I don't know. But when I pray to them, I always believe that you would hear me. Even they, even they would not respond in their, their mind they could respond to God, Lord, forgive me because that time is very crucial now. I do, I, we don't know, I don't know if you could hear me or not, you could repent before God but why wait for those dying moments we have now, these living moments we have now to repent and amend our life. Why wait for those times? Lenten season is given to us. The time to amend, to repent before God. And we came to change. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. The work of God, not by mind nor by Spirit. It is the Spirit of God working as to change. And it always, always, uh, Needed our willingness to change. Our willingness to change. God is offering us salvation. God is offering us forgiveness. God is offering us His grace. It's up to us to accept it or not. And today, today is the day of salvation. Today is the time to repent, to change. And change in our life is it's not automatic. When when you hear today about change, I don't expect tomorrow to change. No, it is always a process. And it needs patience. It needs understanding. It needs correction, confrontation, or discipline, but it takes time to change. That's why we are now in this season to examine us of where we are. That May God help us in our daily transfiguration. May God help us in our daily dying to ourselves. Because we cannot make Lord as Lord unless we die to ourselves. We say we die, we say we die in our own ways. We die in our own own, uh, thinking. It means we have to die for ourselves and let God work in us. It means to say, Lord, whatever you want Because, of because that's what said Paul. This is a predicament. This is a predicament. This is my problem. In a very simple way. is that I don't do what I wish that I know I have to do. But I do. Those things, mis- I don't like to do, but I do it anyway. He means to say, Lord, I want to follow you, but I still follow my own ways. A simple explanation. And that's what you are In our obedience to God. This is a daily dying, daily surrendering our lives to God. Lord, let it be, let the way be done in the fire. Because every day we make the decision, in our, in our life, in our home, in our work, with our relationship to others, it's always, it's always a decision. You have to die to yourself. Because, as they said, a dead man tell no tales. A dead person is, you know, whatever you, you know, you see a dead person? A cadaver, you could put it anywhere, you could carry it, you know, anything. Wala can just speak anything. You could put it anywhere. So that's what I, what I see. A real dead man do not resist. Because only people who are still alive resist. That's why when we resist God, we're not still dead. We're still alive on our own. And it's easy to detect that. It's easy to detect that in ourselves. When the Lord says this, at that time there's resistance in our heart, in our, in our, in our, soul. It means say we're not still dead. It means to say, you have not yet submitted that area to God. And no decision. that area of our life is not yet submitted to God. No wonder. That area we are not submitted to God, that is the area we always have a problem. That's an easy way to detect if it is submitted to God or not. Because that area has always been. Attacked by the devil. That's always the problem. It means to you say, you have not submitted it to God. It is not the Lord over it. It is still you. It is your decision, your ways. That's why the enemy could continue to attack that area because it is means that Jesus is not the Lord in that area. With your finances, relationship, business, whatever. So learn to die no. And it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. Because the greatest enemy is not the devil anyway. It's ourselves. Our greatest enemy, o obedience, is not the enemy who always tempt us not to obey. The greatest enemy is ourselves. Our pride. Our pride. That's why the Lord continues to break that. Through the Word of God, through the Holy Spirit, and even to some circumstances that would allow, that would break our pride. Because that's the hindrance, the biggest hindrance of obeying God, our own pride. Because our pride always re- insists that He would the one be followed. So with that, brothers and sisters, in our obedience to God, let God work in our hearts. Just be honest with the Lord, help me in this area, Lord. I've been struggling in this area, Lord. I'm struggling because I have not given it to you. So help me. It needs our, our humility, our acceptance, that there's a need of help in this area. You cannot, or we cannot, receive the help of God without a real acceptance that we need help. If you don't, don't need help, How God could help us. So it takes a, a real submission and acknowledge that God helped us in this area. Help me, Lord. Help me. And I assure you, God is working. Even we don't know it, God is working. So to learn to obey God. That is the work of the Holy Spirit working in you and me 24 7 so that we learn to obey god he is working working he is the wind here like said in john like the wind that you cannot see but he's working in you he's working in you working in you working in us so that we conform today we should learn to be obedient to god whether you like it or not whether you know it or not you're whether you say you believe it or not the Holy Spirit, the Sanctifier, working in our lives every day through His Word, through circumstances, He is always working, working, working so that we are obedient to God. There are times that we learn obedience to suffering. through some things that happen in our life and to obey God, but it is the working of God in our lives. So today, brothers and sisters, let's open our hearts to God. And let's be honest toward God. Lord, I am not obeying you in this area. Help me. Help me. You are not alone. We all have done that. I have done the truth. I am not saying I am standing here with a perfect obedience. No, I am also working out. It's so happy that I am a priest. I have to talk about it. If I am a teacher, if I am a policeman, I will not talk about it. But I'm a priest, that's the thing I have to say, this, this is what I have to say, and this is the thing that I have uh, to do. So I'm not saying that I'm a prophet. God. we have arrived, not yet. We're working in it, but, uh, but I have an idea, an idea. Because I know what I mean to myself. I'm working it out. I have disobeyed things also that I've learned, even I have priests, have, I have disobeyed things also. So, Lord, help me And other ways to, to work it out is with the Word of God, with the Holy Spirit. And that's what we are in that area right now. We are, we are in that direction to, in the full perfection of our obedience to God. But right now, we need the Word of the Holy Spirit. That's why there is Lenten season. To so open our heart, to take our side. And may God, may God work in our heart. As we open our heart to Him. In this sentence, then, daily transfiguration, our daily dying with ourselves. That we saw in Easter that something good happened, that something new happened to me, and with the help of God. So, maybe our changes will not only for ourselves, but also for our families, for the people around us, and above all, for the glory of God.